Guild. No wiser about who's going to win this thing. Welcome back to Hamlet Pod. Sudamericana, the first leg of the final of which is going to be kicking off in two hours and ten minutes. It's 6.38pm on Wednesday evening and I'm Sam Kelly. Um, we're recording today in Andres Bruckner's uh, front room. Hi. Uh, we're joined by Mariano. Hello. Who of course was hoping to be here getting smashed on for net to celebrate San Lorenzo's uh, league championship win, but he's got to wait another uh, couple of weeks, in fact, for reasons that we shall get into later, mm-hmm. um, before he can do that, or possibly another few years, who knows, depends how badly it's managed to yeah. No, no, not this time. Uh, we're also joined by two returning, uh, uh, both for your second appearances, although you were not on together previously. Uh, last week, um, listeners will remember Ilan. Glad to be back. Is it Ilan or Ilan? Ilan. Ilan. Excellent. Um, and listeners from three weeks ago? Two weeks ago, is that all? Well, yes. Well, remember, uh, Rob Brown. Hello, thanks for having me back. Welcome back, Rob. Um, where do we start with this one, guys? I suppose the title race is the obvious bit, isn't it? Yep. Um, four. No, hang on, wait. Seven sides. Uh, eight, if we include Argentinos Juniors went into the last round of matches still with a mathematical chance of... You were still counting, Rafaela. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I told you they had had no chance. No, but if they'd beaten Tigre, and then then when they get the three points for the Colón match... If, if. Precisely, (laughs) that's the thing, but they've they've got a home (laughs) match in the last round, so yeah, they they were still in with... Mathematical chances, there were... uh, How many did I say? Seven. Um... I'm just trying to look now. I should have done this beforehand, but did any of them manage a win? Rafaela lost, Arsenal lost, yeah, Newell's lost, Vélez Sarsfield won, San Lorenzo drew, Lanús and Boca drew with each other, and Argentinos lost to River. So Vélez were the only one of those challengers who managed the win. They were playing Colón, so it almost doesn't count. And when, when, it, when they did, they probably didn't think that they were title contenders. They just won we, because they were playing. We were rounding up the title right? defenders when Rob was on two weeks mm-hmm. ago. We didn't even mention Vallas. Right. Um, they were so obviously they put all their eggs in the opposite Americana basket. They looked a million miles behind everybody else. And suddenly, they're in with a chance at the title. Those results meant that three of the seven uh, challengers, including Argentinos, is far more generous to them than, than including Rafael was. By the way, um, the three of the seven challengers fell away. Boca can't win the title now. Argentinos can't win the title now. And Rafaela can't win the title, unfortunately. The four teams who can still win the title are San Lorenzo, who remain top of the league on 32 points, and three teams all on 30 points Vélez Sarsfield, Lanús, Nibbles Old Boys. Um, the last round of fixtures features some interesting scheduling by the AFA, because in the last round of fixtures we're going to have Vélez Sarsfield versus San Lorenzo. 
And he also twice versus Lanus. It's all fixed, right? Clearly. And you have to applaud the Appa's monumental stupidity as ever in scheduling Veles against San Lorenzo for the last game of the season. Unfortunately, there won't be a full team equality because, of course, Veles and San Lorenzo have to play one each other. Precisely, yeah. Last time Andres was on, when it was just me and Andres a few weeks ago, we were discussing the fact that if three teams finished level on points, it would be mini. The Apple would make a mini league between them of their results already this season uh, between each other. That can't happen now. Um, the maximum number of teams that can finish level at the top is two. And there are four combinations. Yes. San Lorenzo Lanús, San Lorenzo Nunes, Vélez Lanús, or Vélez Nunes. Mm-hmm. And for me, that would be the most the fair, the most fair uh, possibility, the, the first, because uh, 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 apart from San Lorenzo, who for for me who had been the, the perhaps uh, best team, but not that uh, best. It was a, very, a, a little best. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the most uh, interesting situation would be the four teams, perhaps, to define. Of course, it's very strange to, to see how they, uh, how do, uh, what was the result of every match, uh, one against the other. And it's really, really strange, but. If I have to think, it's the, the, the most reasonable, at least in terms of positions, of how they were along the championship. I think for now we know that it's going to be the lowest ranked in points-wise league of the Torneos Cortos history since 1990 to present. And that, if you think of the teams that are on top, some of them can go, uh, are going two, three, maybe four matches without a win. News it's like half a tournament without a win, so it's just quite a mediocre tournament. I yeah, but I think, I think all teams have excuses for this. I mean, yeah. Salares is at the top of the league without the top two strikers. Uh, Vélez had to play most of the tournament playing Copa Sudamericana at the same time and with uh, Mauro Zarate injured. Uh, News, okay, they lost Ignacio Coco. And Lanús was also focused on Copa Sudamericana, so I think there's a reason that we will have the champion with less points. This is probably quite harsh, but as a newcomer to this country and as someone who's only really been paying attention to 90-minute matches for the last two months, I'm kind of annoyed that one of these teams is going to get a trophy in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm angry by it. As, as I remember saying, I think last week I enjoyed watching Newells, I've always liked them as a club. But, um, I mean, the fact that they could still win the title yeah. in this yeah. case. I can't believe how my team went 35 years without a trophy when the tournaments are like this. I mean, <laughs> you lose six matches in a row and you win. Like Vélez like uh, went out of the Costa Americana. They were 10th or 9th three, three, four weeks ago. And now it's on their hands with a title. And my team has gone 35 years without a win. It's just... Yeah, you know Sebastián García, who is also a Racing yeah. fan, he was joking that now they, that we will have long tournaments, Racing is probably going to end uh, first, from yeah, the, first <laughs> yeah, the first half. It's most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it happened in, I think, one of the last long tournaments. I think it was 1988 or 1989 that Racing ended the first half at the top and then finished. Long tournaments, I, I think it's okay, long tournaments, but 30 teams... I can't believe it, to be uh, honest. Uh, uh, 
it's really well. It's not, no, no surprises coming from a from AFA from AFA. They are encouraging us like they do in Venezuela to watch another league. In Venezuela, they have La Liga teams maybe, and here with that they're killing football. Just the level is getting worse, and if you bring teams up like Independiente and Defensa Justicia with another ten teams, it will be just terrible. Terrible. The interesting one that I noticed when I was writing up my previews last night was that All Boys and Tigre currently on 22 points. They both won their last matches. All Boys have won two in a row. So it's not you know, entirely out of the question to suggest that at least one of those two teams might get a win this weekend. I think Tigre are away and their away form is absolutely bloody awful. So I think it's more probable that All Boys will, will, could get a win. If they do, All Boys, who are currently 14th, would be on 25 points. And it's possible that San Lorenzo could be champions for 33 all boys could finish 14th on 25 points, eight points behind the champions. Um, which is kind of one of the things that I, I keep thinking to myself and not not mentioning until now, where it's getting ridiculous because we've got one match left. Considering the only like winning matches in this tournament, yeah, not that long ago. Uh, and, and and is that in Western Europe we look at the leagues there and you say well. In Spain, it's going to be Barcelona Madrid. In, in England, okay, this season in England is obviously uh, the exception for a whole bunch of reasons. But in England, it's normally one of two or three, if we're lucky, teams mm-hmm. that you know at the start of the season, yeah, they're going to win the championship. Yeah. One of the things I've always liked about Argentina is that you can't do that. And yet, now, it's becoming a symptom of the crapness of the league. Normally, yeah. when it's a competitive league and you've got, you know, I mean, Newell's won it with, with one match to get two matches to go, didn't they? Uh, the Donnell final in the first half of the season. Um. Yeah, but still, it's. I mean, it's like you feel like anyone can win the championship, yeah. mm-hmm. but actually, not everyone can win mm-hmm. wins the championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides Lanús and Banfield in the last decade, Argentina Juniors with his mind. Okay, so okay. Once one championship for Argentina Juniors, one championship for Lanús and Banfield. They were good teams. It's not like. They didn't deserve it. They really deserve it. Banfield had James Rodriguez and Silva. Lanús had a great team too. But besides those, you all you always have Boca. You had Newells. You had San Lorenzo. It's not like just anything can win the championship. Estudiantes had a great team. They also won Copa Libertadores. Vélez. I mean, yeah, it's but it's sort of leveling down. I mean, last year, one year ago. We in Racing were doubting Subeldia for a 33 point tournament, and now San Lorenzo could be champion with that. Yeah. Those points. yeah, of course, but, but it's not, uh, I think it's not something that, that it's going to be like this forever. I mean, Boca was undefeated and won a championship with uh, 42 or 43 points that less than two years ago. Clear of second uh, I think, like, like I said before, that every team fighting for a title has some excuses, what uh, and they could have more points. What do you feel with this tournament, particularly? It's, I, am, I am not saying that it will be uh, like this uh, in 2014 and, and so on. That uh, it's like asking uh, uh, the teams, all the teams, you want to be the champions? No, I, do, I want, don't want. <laughs> do you want? No, I, I, me neither. And that. No uh, one can like, the pressure. Like they were just fighting not to be the champions. And, and that's because the demanding, the, 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 there wasn't a real demand. Of, of uh, it was not difficult because when you uh, higher the, the level of play, you are demanding the other teams to, to be better, to, to be better also. So uh, as the weaker the devil, 
the, the, the teams play like that. It's like, well, if it's enough with this, I will play like this. Some, something like that. And I think you can see that on, on the amount of people the teams uh, take to the stadiums. I think maybe 10 years ago, when you thought the team was doing well, like I remember San Lorenzo and Racing in 2001, I think third or fourth round already stadiums were completely full. And if you think the fans don't think their team is going to win the league now until the 10th or 11th, maybe 12th, the stadiums are uh, not full and you have tickets on the same day as the match. That is a symptom of the, the, the vacancy to the, the biggest team, I think, in the league. Hmm. I think that's a good point. Um, let's look at the, the actual results from the weekend because we've talked about what's coming. We've grumbled about the season um, so far. The results out the weekend, the pertinent ones were a 2-0 win for Venice Sarsfield away to Colón, which as we've already mentioned was the only, uh, that was, it was the first match for one of the title hopefuls of the weekend, and it turned out to be the only one who, uh, one of them who managed a victory. Both sides ended that game with 10 men, apparently. I can't remember either of those, oh I can remember Karen Yellows. Yes, and uh, Mono yeah, <coughs> I can't remember seeing Sarate get sent off. He got sent off half an hour in. Yeah, he, yeah, he kicked someone. He kicked Carrillo. <laughs> he kicked Carrillo. Of course he did, yeah. And then Carrillo committed a penalty. Yes, I remember now. Um, Rafaela lost 3 1 away to Tigre. Tigre suddenly having hit some form, at least at home. They've now, I think the last three home results are this one 2 1 win over Newell's Old Boys coming from behind and a draw with uh, Arsenal. I'm not sure if it was the last three, but yeah, they, they beat Arsenal after the Copa Argentina final. 2 1. Uh, Arsenal was undefeated until then. I'm thinking of another team then. I'm sure they won 2 1. Home form, I think. Oh, sorry, they lost 2 3 away, uh, home to Lanus. But yes, but, uh, but before, and before that, they, they beat Arsenal. Mm. Um, the result, Arsenal's result, we might as well discuss as well. Aside who had not lost at home for a very long time in the league, um, so they were unbeaten this season at home prior to this game. I don't think they lost many, if at all, at home during the Donnell final. Um, they got beaten 4 1 by Belgrano. Yeah, but they won only one of the last seven, you know. They only yeah. beat Boca since winning Copa Argentina. It's like they, they relaxed a little bit. They were not in good form, but yeah, for one. But it was not the real result of that game. But Rana ran into two. It was sorry, kind of on. skewed by the fact that Arsenal were determined to give away as many stupid goals as possible. <laughs> the, 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 four, the last one, yeah. But we, I, I like, couldn't yeah. believe it. it but when the, when the game was two-one, they were very close to yeah. score the goal, and they missed some very big chances, and then Bergano scored on counter attack. So there was not a three goals difference between. Um, all boys, <laughs> the ballet of Floresta, um, the Ajax of Floresta, one of the commentators referred to them <laughs> as at one point, um, scored three times in 35 minutes to race into a 3-0 lead at home to Newell's old boys. The first time they've ever scored three goals against Newell's. And the first 30 minutes were... Like they, they were Bayern Munich. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. All, all, all of the goals were exceptional. The last, <laughs> the last one was worthy yes. of. Rana, Rana was clearly Philip Lam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Alves. Gonzalo the number 41 player, plays uh, center midfield. He's a class player. Vives uh, had recommended it to Simeone to bring him to Racing. He didn't have as much minutes, but he's a fantastic player. He's going to 
do what I think. Yeah, he's got a great goal. Yeah. yeah. I can't decide which of my which of the three old boys' goals was my favourite. I, I think I like the second. <laughs> the second, I think it was the first or the yeah. second for me. Yeah. The third one was the most surprising. at Rangana. Yeah, yeah. He just was so fast. Yeah, he just searched through the run. run. Mm. And yeah. finish like that. News news has been fading. Yeah. For a month. They're, uh, they're officially crap now. Yeah. Pablo yeah. Perez got a, a consolation for them. The I think since we we have already uh, said this a lot of times since the classic of course but also since Maxi Rodriguez uh, called up from, for the national team I think he was the key player mm -hmm. and, and when he was called up for the national team news also fell uh, I think yeah but the, they are they are an old team mm. and at this point of the year after the championship and the, in the long run in Copa Libertadores they look tired they look tired and uh, yeah losing the Clásico Central was like a Yeah, yeah. They couldn't win seven or eight games, right? As we've said, like it it looks a lot like uh, there's less between the teams in this division than ever. And when you've lost something as key to structure and organization as simple yeah. fitness, then you'll lose all Yeah, well Casey has been playing injured yeah. the last month. Yeah. And Treseget hasn't been the same and Maxi and they now don't have Skoko and I guess Lanús mood depends a lot on what happens in Copa Sudamericana. I mean, I think that if they win it, they might not be uh, too uh, worried about what happens in the league. A double would be nice. Yeah, they could definitely go for that double, wouldn't they? Yeah, but especially having, as we sort of hinted at earlier, Lanús have had the second, the, their final match, and therefore. Vélez um, San Lorenzo also delayed uh, by a week to allow them to focus solely on the Sudamericana final. The final. question is which is best to win the, the local league or the Copa Sudamericana? Which I is a continental trophy no one really cares I think about. Both competitions are doing its best to get worse, one worse than the other. <laughs> I, I think the Sudamericana has been getting better in the last few years. Yeah, I, think, I think the decision to stop inviting River and Boca was. I was watching the finals, the 2003 2004. What a crappy title, and, it, and I want Brazil to win. What's, what's wrong with me, right? It's terrible. Well, Ponte Preta, I mean. <laughs> Ponte Preta, Goyas played in yeah. the beginning in 2010 and went to the second division. Yes. Well, sometimes you have that also in Europa League, right? Yeah, I mean, like we can not every team that wins it is great, like Atletico Madrid. Uh, or Shakhtar Dorets. Yeah, yeah, you have some strange teams. It's a yeah, lower quality tournament. But, but for Lanús it's very important. I mean, they're a very, very small club and to get there... Yeah, yeah but, but, but I think that uh, sometime, some, some years ago, uh, not about the level, the, the, the level of the, the play, uh, but the, because of the tournament itself, it has been, uh, been uh, more important from year to year because uh, wanted or not is a continental tournament and, and, and perhaps, well, yes, Ponte Preta, I, I watched some games, especially against Pasto, uh, away from, from Pasto, and, and they were the, the 11, uh, well, of course the goalkeeper was, the 10 uh, field players inside the box, from uh, the, the, the own box, and it was, uh, yes, embarrassing for some, for, for, to tell, uh, to say, to put it in another way. But uh, want it or not, it's a continental cup. Well, if we're fair, River very much wanted to win it. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, we were sad when they when River Lake lost Cienciano in the 2003 uh, with Pellegrini as the coach. And yes, of course, it's a final and you want to win it, of course. Well, if I wanted my team to win the Copa Argentina. What's left for the others, right? You want to win. You want your team to win anything, right? Anything. What's wrong with me, right? The truth is that when you lose, you don't want it to win it, and when you win, it, you you celebrate it like that. That's that's exactly right, and I think each week passes. I think how can I pay all the months to a team that's playing probably one of the lowest ranked leagues in the last couple of years? It's it's terrible how how this has gotten. If you think. Which is the team that uh, lost the fewest matches this league? What team do you think of? Well, that's the team that lost... I think it's the Estudiantes, isn't it? Estudiantes, exactly. Let's game, yeah. And um, it's and seventh. Arsenal. Arsenal. And Estudiantes. Arsenal and Estudiantes lost three each, yeah. was really poor, Estudiantes. But because they are, they are teams that don't risk much. Mm. I mean, they... Estudiantes do a lot. I mean, they are not scoring a lot of goals, they are defending okay, but they are not winning anything, playing like that. So We'll talk about Estudiantes in a second, um, because we know that two of you saw them in the flesh uh, last weekend, had the pleasure of it. Um, but first of all, Lanús 2, Boca 2, um, in an entertaining-ish match in which neither defence really did give much of a crap. That certainly was not two sides who were not willing to take any risks. Uh, Boca, of course, had to get a win in order to stay in the championship race. Uh, which certainly helps towards that. And Lanús played a team of kids because they've got the Super Cup final coming up. Quite and we're only given two days rest after the semi-final. Quite suspicious at first looking at uh, putting the kids for the Boca match when you have a serious chance of winning the title. Well, yeah, but Barros Aquilotto made his complaints very, very clear. Um, he wasn't happy with the time of day the match was played at. It was played... Um, you know, it involved Boca, it was clearly the more, the more important match than River Argentinos, so it could easily have been put in that coveted 9.15 um, kick-off, the, the Lanata spot. But it was ready to San Lorenzo also playing at that time. Yeah. They, they um, even did the, but they did didn't, them the they favor didn't of putting... simultaneously as it was. So they didn't have the matches simultaneously as it was. Well, so because at least they, they give them the chance to start a little later. Yeah. But I, I think Boris Aquilotto's complaint was, was justified in large part, and therefore what can the AFA expect? But... Uh, you know, you, you can't give a side almost no choice but to rest the players who've only played three days previous, less than three days previous. I think he's a crime baby. And then he's, so, always, uh, he's always been a crime baby. I, I agree with that entirely. But in, in this instance, I think that his complaint was, was justified. I don't think that the AFA um, could have expected anything else. Um, River beat Argentinos. Of course, River didn't manage to do this by scoring a goal for themselves. Um, Sergio Vitor got no goal. River did manage a shot on target, but it was not the... Um, was not the the winning goal. I have to say I was very surprised to see that there was indeed a goal scored in this match. I remember yeah. getting back from San Lorenzo versus Estudiantes, walking past the cafe and seeing the score. River won, <laughs> I don't hear us nil. And I spent the rest of the walk home thinking, bloody hell scored that. Like, how? It's the worst River ever. Yeah. The worst. Vitor, like, he, he told the, the, the River strikers, look, it's like this. You have to score like this. You have to put the ball inside the goal. It, it was, of course, tremendously pleasurable seeing Pablo Migliore's face when it went in. <laughs> uh, Migliore, the, the former San Lorenzo goalkeeper, the possibly Argentina's most famous Boca Juniors, Barra Brava, um, who, uh, as, as regular listeners will know, moved to Croatia at the beginning of the season to escape <laughs> jail in this country. 
and has since come back, rather bafflingly, hasn't been put back in jail. Um, and is keeping goal for Argentina. So spent the whole match trying to wind up Rivers' hands. And, and, and indeed, before the match, trying to wind up Rivers' hands. Yes, tweeting a fantastic tweet. This is not a soap opera, it's real life. This is how we live. National listeners of Han will will remember him because he has been playing how many matches? Four, five matches for Dinamo Zagreb? Four, I think it was. Four matches. He came back because of his father's illness. He won a title. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. His, his debut was the Super Cup, and he, he saved two penalties, I think it was, in the shootout, yeah, and again, he's a fan favourite. What a fantastic life he leads. <laughs> the three matches, the four matches that we haven't yet, well, we've sort of mentioned them in passing, we've got Oak Cruz Neil Olimpo 1 on Friday evening, with three wins in a row for Olimpo, go there. Uh, nothing more to say, really, for the moment. Central 1, Racing 1. Any thoughts, you know? Yeah, I said last week that Racing was pretty much still useless, and that's the demonstration. I think Merlo has got the point because he has so much luck because Racing didn't even shoot. <laughs> but there was and a Central took the lead. Yes. Um, very early on, on Talukati Shekos in the fifth mm-hmm. minute, and early in the second half, Racing were reduced to ten men when Luciano Aued was sent off for. I'm sorry, but it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, agreed. A 50-50 challenge which happened to hurt the other player. I mean, it was not a red card. And he was sent off. And Racing from that point had to chase the game with 10 men. Okay, they didn't chase the game particularly well. But the late equaliser is something they wouldn't have done previously. No, that yeah, there was is more belief that it was going to that come. That is Merlo. And oh, come on. I, I, I'm certainly not defending. He threw a you know. long ball. Merlo <laughs> throws the worst 11 he can on the pitch and he gets points. It's incredible. <laughs> against River, he put uh, Ibanez, which is a complete left-footed player on the right, he couldn't even throw the ball at the other side. It was incredible, and we won. And Merlo has those things. He puts a, a centre-back as a centre-midfield, and he does well. And Auche, it was more, more than one year without scoring a goal. On one year and four days. He didn't even shoot the ball. It just bounced off him. And yeah. if he could have uh, shot the ball, Calanda probably would have saved it or it would be on the Paraná River. It's proved that, that centre-backs or midfields, you can put them uh, the other, for example, the, the centre-back in the middle and the centre-midfield. Yeah, like mid- Guardiola and Bielsa. Yes, uh, Maturano, 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 and Jaime Rodríguez. The other way, because he, he was midfielder and, and the same way, but the other, yes, the same way like Rivera Rodríguez, for example. Yeah. So you, you mentioned... Uh, Machirano, Javi Martínez and Rivair <laughs> Rodríguez and Ibáñez in the same sentence Later in the weekend on Sunday the two matches that we've not yet mentioned first of all just very briefly in passing because it wasn't important at all but it did entirely accidentally turn into probably the most entertaining match of the weekend because nobody was paying any attention to it in La Plata uh, Gimnasia beat Quilmes 3-2 um, seesawing back and forth, it was it was actually it was one uh, nil then one one, and then it went up to three one before Kilmes pulled pulled one back with twenty minutes to go uh, through a uh, penalty from Joaquin Bocosian, who promptly got himself sent off, um, <laughs> meaning that they were playing against ten men because Barsotini had been sent off, Inacio having given the penalty away, uh, chasing the game. And the last 20 minutes were 
something else. I was I actually ended up watching more of the last twenty minutes of that than I did end up watching the first half of um, San Lorenzo Estudiantes because although San Lorenzo Estudiantes was far more important, Gimnasia Quilmes was a hell of a lot more entertaining. Um, and now on to San Lorenzo Estudiantes. Um, Mariano went as, as Mariano always does to San Lorenzo's home games, and Rob braved to the Bicha. Oh, we were nowhere near it. It was fine. Um, <laughs> to go down there, how did you find it, Rob? Well, I found it. Uh, it was easy. It was right next to the bus station. <laughs> no, no, it was pretty good. Um, I've made a habit of going to Argentine games, not having any real idea of the area I'm going to. But this time, I was fully clued up, and we made sure to get there very early. Uh, and. I've made a habit of arriving late to games as well. Sam will be able to confirm this because 15 minutes into Argentinos <laughs> versus Kilmers, he tapped me on the into shoulder the at the end of the yeah. stadium. But uh, yeah, we got to San Lorenzo's ground, Nuevo Casa Metro, uh, maybe an, an hour and 20 minutes before kickoff, and the stadium was already full. Yeah. It yes. felt like we were the last people to arrive. It was quite incredible. It was great. Not only was it full, but it was in full voice, and it was just amazing, absolutely amazing. So. I mean, obviously the fans there have always been loud and they have a reputation for being incredibly committed and I was amazed to experience that firsthand. Where were you? Fans or? Pateoso. Yeah, Rob actually, it, I think Instagram a picture on Facebook of, of your seats and I remember looking at it and thinking you were pretty close to Mariano. Oh, I see. Um, um, and then the match started and the crowd went silent. And it stayed that way pretty much until the last ten minutes. We were a little, a little nervous. Yeah, exactly. No, this is this is what I was going to say. The whole thing reminded me of an expression that Arsene Wenger uses quite a lot when he says we played with the handbrake on. It felt like everything about the day was such a huge occasion that no one could actually function. And it was only once the final whistle went that the players realised that it was chance gone. Mm. They they all hit the turf and laid down, and the fans were all. Not devastated because, but you know, the chance to win had gone, and after the way the results had gone earlier that weekend, and the way everyone—I mean, I don't know, maybe it was just me—but Lanús Boca was so inevitably going to be a draw that any, uh, knew, any we, goal for Yeah, we didn't know. I mean, my father was uh, listening to the radio to the Lanús Boca yeah. match, and he was telling me, "Call the Lanús, uh, come on, they're playing with kids. Yeah. Call the Boca, okay? Yeah. <laughs> come on, the draw." <laughs> Anything could have happened in that game. I mean, Boca was very close to winning in the end. Mm. So, and if Boca wins that game, I think that oh, the whole the media is going to be like, mm. oh, Boca can win the championship, and um, that's it. But okay, yeah, the draw was a great result. The problem with San Lorenzo, I think, is that uh, the media made us believe, okay, yeah. including myself, that San Lorenzo has a great team, and it's not like that. Right, yeah. San Lorenzo is attacking. San Lorenzo is attacking with two 18-year-old players, uh, Angel Correa and Villalba. Due to injuries, right? But I mean, they have great future. Correa, especially. They are talking now about Atletico Madrid, and I don't know what our team yeah. wants. Arsenal have been linked But I mean, I mean, he's still 18 years old, yeah. and one year, one year ago, he wasn't even playing yet. And then you have Romagnoli, who puts his heart on the pitch every game. But it's like he has no knees. I mean, yeah. <laughs> after 50, 60 minutes, he's always too tired. I mean, we love him, but that's the truth. And then you have Piatti. I mean, if Piatti is not on a good day, San Lorenzo is not going to have a good day. No, that's you true. have Mercier fighting, but I mean, in attacking-wise, 
You have you, your attack depends on two 18-year-old players. But so two players in the bench like Elisari and Cavallaro, which are first-team players on all of the. But other they are also 19 years old. Yeah, I, I mean, and they have 10 games in first division. I mean, uh, Cavallaro was playing in Union and they got relegated, and uh, Elisari was in, at Quilmes. They almost got, got relegated too. So, I mean, it's not a great team. You have Lanús is a, has five strikers. You have Silva, Costa, Pereira Díaz, okay, uh, Blanco, yeah. I don't know. And they have Melano, and you have uh, the, the kid that scored versus Boca. The, Costa, you're, you're on, his, on his diet, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You, you have News, has Maxi Rodríguez, yeah, Treseguet, Max, Astina. You have News with Treseguet, uh, Maxi Rodríguez, you have Vélez with Mauro Zárate and Prato, mm. and you have Boca with Gigliotti, Blandi, Martínez, and you have San Lorenzo, and San Lorenzo is the second uh, top scoring team in the league. With two 18-year-old strikers. I, I think it's, it, if Cauterucho wasn't injured, Sanenso was already the champion. I have no doubts about it. Mm. Cauterucho is a quality player, but I think with the youngsters, the thing that you have is that you have to get the most of, out of the good moments. Because one year ago, even Messi was saying, I like the kids that play in Racing, and look at them now, they can't even score a goal. So they have, until they get used to the first division, they have the good times and the bad times, and you have to get the most the good times because maybe Correa if you don't sell him now or you sell him in six months could be like Vieto yeah. well two yeah. weeks ago he scored a winning goal against Boca I mean yeah. but you depend on them yeah. and, and you don't have many options on the, on the, mm. on the bench if, if Correa is not working yeah you have Elisari and Cavallaro but I mean they have only a few games in first division so it's like I mean the, 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 the press is talking all the time about the Boca's 60 injuries during the, the, the year and they're forgetting that San Lorenzo doesn't have Verona and Cauterucho the most important strikers but problem with uh, those uh, children with uh, Verona uh, with Correa and, and Vichalba is that uh, you're, you have already mentioned you have already mentioned that, that Correa could go for example Atletico Madrid and uh, well they, they, they are uh, quitting uh, an important player that Uh, goes well with, with with another one like Correa and Vichalba. The same happened with Racing, like uh, that Vieto, Centurion, and Farinha. Centurion and Farinha are not anymore ras in Racing, and or Centurion is, well, I don't know. No, it's, it's only Vieto there, like the y young players that were doing good in, in the team, and they were like like they, they, they were intelligent and they deserved to do, uh, uh, they uh, dared to do something different from even the ball for example or the ball the number 10 shirt if you want the number 10 shirt you have to take the responsibilities of the number 10 shirt not only for the shirt but if you want to conduct the team you can play like the boys playing this last 10 games absolutely irrelevant on the pitch okay. so just to return to San Lorenzo Estudiantes it wasn't all doom and gloom there were some glimmers of hope but I think uh, Mariano is absolutely correct in what he says in that the problem there was inexperience. When they had the perfect atmosphere for it set up, the build-up was absolutely perfect. It's just that when you bring out a load of kids who are 18 and PP who can't run for more than an hour, <laughs> and they all walk out onto a pitch and there's 50,000 people and they're all singing Para ser campeón, hoy hay que ganar, they all freeze. And it's happened in the Copa Argentina final. Yeah, uh, I didn't go to Catamarca, but the stadium was full of San Lorenzo fans. Uh, no, 
uh, the game was balanced. Arsenal scored a ridiculous goal, and two minutes later, Piatti was sent off, and that was it. But could have been all different with Cauterucho on the pitch. It's like that. I mean, uh, I think there's certain players that are born to deal with these kind of situations. Are certain players that experience uh, comes with the the ability to lead with these kind of situations. I think maybe Romagnoli. Uh, I think Romagnoli definitely won titles in San Lorenzo. Can deal with this, but even I, this match is a very important match. But even if uh, maybe a, a Clásico, you saw uh, Huracan maybe beat San Lorenzo 3-0 before being relegated, and that. When important matches come, it's very difficult to get the best out of the younger players. I think that's why maybe throwing 30, 32-year-old players on this kind of matches, maybe changing the first team lineup, could bring some good results. Yeah, I wouldn't change Sanchez's lineup. I mean, I love watching Correa and Villalba, even if they don't have a good game. But would you not know, change it for one match if you knew it was going to give you a better chance? Of no, no, no. It won't. It won't give you a better yeah. chance. And I mean, it's it's Correa and Vichalba's title to win. They've got this far. They deserve to go over the finish yeah, line. Yeah. They have the same age together than Romagnoli. No, <laughs> <laughs> Romagnoli has thirty-two or thirty-three. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> I think Alderucci is just really, really disappointed. It was his his team that. The tournament for him. Yes. He scored two goals on his first or second match when normally he had five goals after yeah. seven games. Normally goal scorers tend to take five or six matches to adapt to a new team. Mm-hmm. But Cotterucho he got injured scoring a great goal yeah. against Rosario Central. <laughs> so, an extremely good player, I think it would have been a great value for for that team. Uh, I think we'll take a quick break, play some music, and we'll be back in a minute. situation in Cologne, I think. Um, we've mentioned that they lost to Valle Sarsfield, but of course that's not really the kind of update that I'm talking about, because uh, they lurch, as ever, from crisis to crisis. What's the latest, chaps? Have they been relegated yet? No, not yet. But uh, some players were about to be kicked off from the apartments. Ruben, Ruben Ramirez left, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, rescinded his contract unilaterally. Uh, there were a couple of other players who were talking to Agremiados, which is the players' union, about doing the same. Uh, FIFA have requested the AFA, uh, made a request to the AFA, um, saying that if the transfer fee for uh, the player whose name we can never remember um, from back in 2007 Falcon. isn't paid by... Thank you. Juan Carlos Falcon. Um, is not paid by the 11th, which is next Wednesday... Um, FIFA are basically going to pressure the AFA to force automatic relegation on Colón. And as we've seen with cases in Peru, in, in Greece in the past couple of years, that can lead to the national team being excluded from international competition, which would be interesting if uh, yeah, they exception for Argentina, yeah. wouldn't it? If, if they have to get them relegated, they will get them relegated. No problem. I think, 
I always said Colón was the most irrelevant team on the first division because they didn't win any titles, they didn't even challenge for any titles or, or relegations and now if we have to get them relegated it will, it will be on the desks. It's terrible what's happening to Colón because not even by themselves, not even by themselves they can get relegated, not even by themselves they can challenge for a title. It's, it's terrible what's happening. And, they, and they're from Santa Fe, right? So who cares? <laughs> they're not from Buenos Aires. Well, I think so. they have quite a bit of fans there in Santa Fe, but yeah. even Union on on the second division would be just laughing all year about what's happening to Colón. It's just I, I wonder what Lerch did with the money because sometimes ago Colón was. You're not suggesting that somebody who's a good friend and close confidant of Julio Grandona would was. be dishonest with money, Andres? I, <laughs> I think at Colón sometimes ago it was like. Uh, any, any, any player wanted to go to Colón. I don't know, five years ago, there are lots of debts and, and, and players, uh, well, they are menace, menacing to, to, to obviously quit the team and, and, and this was the, like the kickstarter from, for other situations. Like, for example, Agremiados saying that, the union trade saying that if the, all the teams have to cancel the, the debts with the, the, all the players because if that doesn't happen, the torneo final 2014 won't, yeah. won't start. But you know Which, of course, is, is the situation that a few years ago led to Football Paratolos coming in, yeah. when the 2009, was it, to 2010 season almost didn't start. For that reason, it was delayed by a week. But you know they have a good base of young players, right? They, they won the reserves championship yeah, this year. Really and I think they are leading this one as well. But... Yeah, okay. Nothing is working for them. Even they were the first team to actually implement AFA Plus. So <laughs> maybe the, the players against Rafael didn't show up because they didn't have the AFA Plus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the players have to have one as well. Um, we've actually got a question about AFA Plus. So if, if it's the first time you've heard it mentioned on Hand of Pod, um, then the mystery will be peeled away in a few short minutes. Um, the final thing I'm going to say on Colón is that two of the ex-directors have apparently called a meeting in a hotel in, in Santa Fe and have um, said to... I'm, I'm presuming that they've only gone in for the wealthier fans um, here, uh, trying to get together the funds from the fans to be able to pay out and take the transfer fee. Uh, they, they want something like 100 or 150 fans to all try and put in 60,000 whether it's dollars or pesos, I'm not sure, but the debt is, is like $820,000, I think it is. Um, so we shall see, because the club have no money. At and all. Juan Carlos Falcón, I mean, not even Chigliotti, you're talking about the career. <laughs> <laughs> the first goal that Juan Carlos Falcón scored in the first division was on a classical Racing Independiente. It was a 3-1 win for Racing in 2005. That's the only thing he did, uh, I think, in football. I'm going to bring up his Wikipedia now. So that we can and see he scored a goal. He scored a goal for Racing against Colorado. So I remember he won the number ten shirt in Racing. Yes, he played Useless for. Player. He played for Vélez Querétaro in Mexico, then to Racing, then Atlante, and then of course to Colón, where he played 54 matches and scored one goal. He's, How great he's not in Douglas High now, or he was, but he left or something. Uh, after leaving Colón, he went back to Racing, then defensively with Tizio Godoy Cruz and Douglas Haig, according to his Wikipedia, but whether well, he's still there now or not. How did we buy him again? That's terrible. <laughs> Who knows? That's terrible. And about Ruben Ramirez, I heard you say that he left. I think he leaves football. He scored, he scored so many goals for Racing that they brought him back 
to score the same uh, amount of goals. Four years later, <laughs> he scored one again. One, uh, one, one in 30 the first time around and one in 26. That's the two goals I told you about. And Dakin with Miller, really good numbers, right? Four Racing against Coyola, four Racing against Independiente. That's the Colón, the clubs in crisis update for Pod this week. Um, how are Independiente doing as well very quickly because we've not mentioned them in a while they did they win the other day they yes, did yes. Yes. Three, they, two, I think it's nine nine matches without losing and ten without losing at home they only lost one match at home it was the first one against Brown de Roy. Yeah. and they're doing quite well they're now, now with one with point off the promotion spots and Martin Sabata well. yeah, they're coming back yeah. yeah they're coming back I have to say back. I've been to eight games now in the Five or six weeks since I've arrived in this country, and Independiente have been yeah. the best team. Yeah, yeah they, they are solid now. They have a good coach. The, the best team that you've seen, or the best team you've seen in relation to the opposition? Uh, well, yes, you've been to yeah, a few seconds. Yes, it is, of course, easy to beat. To look really good when you're playing against yeah. Douglas Haye, but. Um, and you were impressed with the stadium as well, weren't you? Which I found interesting because I've, I've not been there. Since I, was they the, uh, I was impressed with the I was impressed with the atmosphere and the noise that was inside because okay. the, well, in relation to Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal the night before, yeah, you're talking, oh, to, okay. you're talking to a racing. Yes, player, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it was the second game I've been to, and the only other one was Arsenal. So to see actual fans making actual noise, and it was was the first game you want to see on a construction site. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think. Uh, Without kidding, uh, and there, there was a distant explosion in La Boca that was sending, <laughs> sending smoke up into the sky. So it was a great a Yeah, I think um, Cantero's best decision was to bring over the Felipe and Matias Pizarro to the team. Those two are the key Felipe factors. The, the Felipe is a manager who knows the B. I was going to prove it good. And, and finally, Montenegro is showing yeah. he's too good for Nacional. Yeah. Finally, no, I think he's showing that. We found his uh, championship. It was the second division. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. I agree. He he will probably be rubbish again when they are back in first division. But in Nacional B, uh, I mean, he's too good for Nacional. B. I want to see in the first division which are the players that really can compete level with the best teams uh, in Argentina that Independiente has. I think Para, maybe Pisano, and maybe Mati Zapata. No more. The defense is absolutely hideous. Pisano is the new kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Velasquez is good. Velasquez and Tula has attitude, but... Yeah, you don't rate Morel Rodriguez? <laughs> he, he, Rodriguez played, he played this week, he was injured for yeah, the right? last matches, I think. Um, seven matches since Independiente last conceded a goal. Never mind. Failed and one lost, uh, which is really impressive. Goal. Yeah, but look at the opposition. I mean, well, uh, yeah, except sure. for Defensa y Justicia, a game they should have lost because Defensa was a lot better than them. The rest of the teams are <laughs> Sportivo Belgrano, Gimnasia de Cujuy, San Martín de San Juan, Ferro, Dula High. Uh, Instituto is not a bad team. No, I mean, all those teams, I think they didn't score in 5 6 no, games. And, and Defensa y Justicia, when Matías Pizarro said that that was the match of the year for Independiente, I thought if that is the match of yeah. the year for you, what do you have left? No, but, but Defensa is a very good team. If Independiente wins 4 5 0, I'm still happy, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Racing on the second division and I hope not to see it for the next 10 years at least. The Fence Justicia since River was in the National B, it was a nice watching team. Then they, the end of course, achieved the promotion. But they Who was the Fence Justicia coach when River was in National B? Ricardo Rodriguez. El Negro Rodriguez. Negro Rodriguez, yes. actual old boys. Yes. 
Of coach. course, yeah, yeah. And they were playing nice football back then, and they are playing great now. The and question all, is, and all boys are starting to play nice football. And all boys started to play. Deeply nice. confusing thing to yeah. watch. I mean, they, they, they've been. On, on, on the counter even against Newell's they didn't have the majority of possession and I think Newell's actually managed to have four shots in them over the course of the match but um, God they've improved yeah they've been the beginning really difference is and other than winning points because our boys always got a lot of points in the first division mm-hmm. since they came back but now they're really playing something nice to watch because if he's done that in two matches what are they going to do over the summer break are they, they're <laughs> going to be the best team in the Dunelf now Le oh, I here we come. maybe the summer break for a guy with his profile wouldn't be as good. He, he, I think he is looking like alcohol maybe for the players and for him. And <laughs> maybe he can do not quite good. Well, he had problems in the Atletico Comano with the president and vice president, and I don't remember. Why well, he, he left even if the, the, the results were good. I mean, he he, he left because uh, results were, because he had problems with the president, like you said. Not because the results were not good. Atletico Tucumán has been a good team the last yeah. couple of years. Mm. Uh, in the B, uh, Banfield still lead the way on 41 points. Defensa Justicia have 40. Crucero del Norte um, are on 36. So we still, for the moment, have got the possibility of two teams named after bus lines um, coming up to the top flight, which would be excellent. And then Independiente on 35, just a point behind Crucero uh, del Norte. Banfield and Independiente are coming back. Yeah, they're uh, That's almost done, I think. I, I and, uh, really would if Love defense have just it, one of those two sides come up as well. <laughs> that, that would be I think Crusado is, uh, yeah, they they are not that good. I mean, they yeah, they probably did too much already. I think they're going up. And the question is, if defense can keep the same level of this yes. first half, if they can, they will score no, for sure. They've scored only one goal fewer than Banfield. Um, they scored four the other day. They played amazing in, against the Blues. I think it's a matter of years or the worst teams to be in the first division. We have Arsenal that was never relegated, that has like 32 fans, and if Independiente stays one more year, maybe, and then another big team joins them, and in 10 years we have all the big teams playing in the second division, the best of Justicia, Arsenal. But if there are 30 teams in Primera División, well, if that's the same, like, mixing the, the Primera División and National Level teams, and, and that's something which, if doesn't happen because of, a, of the organization of the tournament. Uh, you see the level, and, and it's quite, quite equal. It's not the same, but because there are real, real crap teams in the National Bay which are uh, uh, one or two steps behind the Primera Division teams. But uh, now, with this particular tournament, uh, the, the level are not that uh, different, I think. I'll be happy if Independiente don't manage to get on the promotion zone for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a good 2013. I think it's, it's clear, it's clear, yes. Yeah. They will return. Yeah, definitely. But, but uh, the 15th of June of 2013, I won't forget. And <laughs> the thing that we did the, the week after that on the match against Union, I won't forget either. So. Um, we're going to play some more music now. I'm going to try and work out what the... F- Bloody hell, Twitter has put all of these questions in order for because they're appearing like three times. So I scroll down the screen and we're going to come back and answer some of your questions.
questions. We've had a couple of questions by email. Just a reminder, you don't have to tweet if you're not on Twitter. You can email me questions to sam at astaelgoldsiempre.com. The first of these is from our very long-term listener, Lee Bartlett, who says, and here we go, this is the one I said was going to be asked earlier, how is the AFA Plus ID scheme working? Is it only for the first division or is it throughout the league? How is the AFA Plus ID scheme working, gents? What, what is working. the Apple Plus? I'm still waiting for it. What is it? Will never work. Does anybody know? It's a biometric um, credit card-sized photo ID, which supposedly everybody is going to need. Fans, journalists, referees, players, anybody who wants to go into a um, an Argentine football stadium on the day of a match is going to need one of these cards. It comes in. It was it was trumpeted to much fanfare. Um, it was due to come in in February 2013, which, as the particularly perceptive listeners among you will have noticed, uh, was February this year, i.e. like 10 months ago. Um, and it's not happened. It then got pushed back to May, I think was, it was initially, and that didn't happen either. So then it got put back to the start of the Torneo Inicial. And that's not happened. And then they said, oh, it'll be mid-September, and that's not happened. I and now they're saying up. sometime in 2014. I think they gave up. I think they gave up. There's a lot of money in it somewhere. They're not advertising it anymore. And they are advertising it. Really? They're advertising it. All the stadiums. I saw them advertising it. And the stadiums have to... They have got them at Argentinos yet, but they've got them at um, uh, they've got them at River, but they're not using them. They've got them at Colón, we are told, of course, because Colón they've got them at Lanús, um, but they're not being used. They've spent all this money on it, and basically it's because just nobody's bothered to get the card, as far as I know. <laughs> English fans got one. I went really? to the stadium. I did my my uh, effort, and I'm still waiting for it. Oh, really? What do you think? I think the most ridiculous thing about this is that there were people supposed to pay for the for it. Yeah, and, and yeah. They, they 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 spent a while in um, in August. They said right as if, as, as of the first of September, yeah, it's going to cost a hundred pesos. Still, nobody bothered with it. And then in September, I think they had one week where people who went to get them in September were actually paying a hundred pesos, and then they started giving them away for free again because nobody was the take up the seller. Where did those pesos go? I think. Well, exactly. They had lunch with those. And the, the I, I, we haven't mentioned it much on Hand of Pop because it makes me angry. Um, they've not thought it through properly at all. They're claiming that it's going to cut down on the less desirable elements of fandom. We're talking about the Barra Brother, of course, getting into the stadium. Is it bollocks? <laughs> As if they're not going to give them one of these little bits of plastic. I mean, A, even if they do get rejected with the card, they're going to get it anyway because the fans will just open the side door. You're, you're wasting your precious hand of pot time talking about this. <laughs> Let's move on, please. <laughs> I think we should explain it, though, because, you know, Lee's asked about it. Yeah, I know, I know. Lee's want to heard about it. It's not working yet, and it's never going to work, and it's... And we hope that it... As San Lorenzo yeah. told me that uh, since Independiente uh, hooligans were against Cantero, which is his president, they could do the Alpha Plus in Independiente and they went and asked if they could do it in San Lorenzo and they did it. Yeah, 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 because you don't need it to be club specific. Mm. You have to register as, as a fan in inverted commas off the club that you get the card from, but you yeah. can then use it at any other stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, all deeply 
Is there a question answered? I think, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the answer to, to Lee's question, how is, the, how is it working, is it's not working, and we hope that it won't. And uh, the, the answer to the other bit is that apparently it's only Primera sides plus the teams in Rosario. Um, so not even all the teams in Greater Buenos Aires if you're a lower division team who've not been in the Primera very recently then it won't apply to you uh, we have another question, it's from Doug are the decisions to play the final day matches simultaneously made on, a, made on an ad hoc basis I apologise if you can hear Andres and Neighbour talking in the background she's <laughs> outside the flat but she's got a very loud voice um, how does it work with other final day matches that have high stakes one that comes to mind are relegation places in the case of the Donnell Final and Copa Libertadores and Sudamericana qualification places. Basically, it's only the matches that are going to affect the title uh, at this time of year anyway for the Inicial. Of course, the Sudamericana and the Libertadores are all based on last season's, the 2012-13 long season, the last year's Inicial and this year's Final. Um, so they've already been decided. But yeah, essentially anything that, that affects one of those races has played at the same time as anything that affects... He probably wasn't the others. following Argentine football last year when we had seven matches at the same time. On the the reason that, but but if, if any of those... The reason that they were all of those matches at the same time was because one of the relegation matches also involved one of the titles right. and they, they all had to play. I think that if, if they were completely separated, if, if none of those sides, the title challengers, were playing any of the relegation challengers, let's say... Um, that they would be played at, in separate time slots, but all at the same time as the other that was that race, I think. Fantastic. Yeah, there was the, like, the best <laughs> Argentinian football day ever. And yeah. I remember uh, Racing didn't have to play any of those matches, it was completely relaxed, overdose of football. Incredible day. I was doing it with a hangover and got very confused by about half time of all the matches. <laughs> it wasn't so nice for me. Um, but it was my fault for having a hangover, of course. Um, when was it? Was it uh, 2012 or 2011? Mm, I think 2012. No, it was 2012, yeah, sorry. Or 12? maybe. Really? San Lorenzo was playing for the relegation. I, I think it was 11. San Lorenzo, no. San Lorenzo was playing. No, San Lorenzo had played promotion, right? Yeah. Okay. A year ago. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah, that was in 2012. That's why I don't remember if it was 2012 or 11. I think it was 12. Yeah. Once had, I think, once had uh, the match against San Martin and San Juan, which almost got in relegated directly, and then... Yeah, I was at the stadium with that game, but, but I remember watching the seven days of the stadium. For it um, yesterday, that some big hotel. Like it up, I think but yeah, it doesn't tend to be the big five yeah. against each other anymore. Racing is playing with the Independiente and with Newell's. Mm. I don't know what the others. I'm really sorry. There's, there's always some variation on that, basically during January in various beach resorts. Independiente are supposed to places. have a new yellow kit for the summer. Historical yellow kit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Uh, sorry, everybody started laughing then and listeners won't have been able to see that I pulled a silly face when Elan said that. Anyway, um, on to the Twitter questions now. Let me see if we can work out how they've all... Because Twitter's decided to just throw up things completely at random and in no chronological order from in terms of my, my mentions column. Um, the first, although it might have been the last to be asked, I'm not sure, is from Tony Joseph Lever, who asks, what effect has the... He's, very excitable with his capital letters. Um, but he says, what effect has the Pope had on San Lorenzo's success? 
Cheers from Monterrey, California. Um, I think the best person to ask about the Pope and San Lorenzo is our resident San Lorenzo expert, yeah. Mariano. None. <laughs> Why was it? He's not playing. I mean, <laughs> do, do he's you know, like 10,000 kilometers away. Is, is the club not a happier place to be now that you've got... I don't care. I mean, I don't care about the Pope, okay? I don't want to go into religions here, but... I like him. I mean, Angel Correa and, and Piatti have more are more related to San Lorenzo's success than before. If he's just holding his share, I don't know. Surely having San Lorenzo as more of a visible thing around the world is only good for the institution though, right? Commercially wise. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. You can say that. No, no, she's not related at all. She's just a fun. He had as much uh, influence as me. You had more influence because you've been there. Yeah, exactly. I'm there cheering and I'm paying for my (laughs) tickets. In fairness, the Pope is paying for his tickets as well. Nah, come on. Yeah, he's, he's got the um, the automatically uh, monthly <laughs> payment. Okay, then we are balanced. We have the same influence and success. Uh, Phil Carney asks, does Guillermo Barros Esquilotto have a point with his complaints about the AFA's lack of support for La Nuz Sudamericana campaign? As I mentioned earlier, I think Barros Esquilotto has um, a, a very loud mouth and needs to shut up sometimes, but in that one instance, I agree with him. Anybody else? Yeah, maybe Lanús should have played on Wednesday instead of Thursday. And yeah. I mean, when were they going to play that game? It was uh, related to the championship. They've been playing Monday games for bloody hell. I mean, okay, you're not going to put Boca out to Monday. But and, and, and it was games, if San Lorenzo won, they were to win the championship. I think he... I think he, it should he have been a 15 game on Sunday. He okay. cries a lot, but he cries on... At least he cries on... on on real situations, based on in real situations. I, agree. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, you can complain because the referee didn't give you a penalty and something like that. That you, you can discuss that. You can give your opinion. Hey, it was a penalty and they didn't give it a, give a penalty to me and that. But in this case, it's real that they were like not very. Uh, that the, the, the time of the matches weren't the, the, the right for them. What does he want? They have to play the matches. I mean, suspend everything until Lanús is ready to play. And they already did that. Come on, he was crying. He was crying also about the referee. Oh, we don't want him anymore. Uh, that's that's a, that's bullshit. Uh, referee Lanús. That's, that's, that's what actually, talking about with some of the they, they never lost. They never lost uh, with that referee. The other, <laughs> the, and the other complaint that you could have about it is that that rubs off on the players because discipline has been a bit of an issue for Lanús at times this season. Barroso Quilotto's been absent for a good half of their matches. He's had touchline bans, although, you know, for all we know, it's actually Gustavo sitting up in the stands and Guillermo directing from the bench, because they're both identical, <laughs> it sounds identical. Um, but Victor Ashana and Jorge Ortiz got two, both got red cards against Boca on Sunday. So you've got a team absolutely full of kids, and two of the most experienced players are the ones who get sent off in a really important match. Um, for just stupid things as well, I can't remember. And Ortiz was supposed to have a free game ban in Copa Sudamericana, mm. but he's playing the finals. No, actually, oh, Conmebol said, oh no, actually it was only one game ban. Um, I, as I say, I think he's got a, a, a bit of a point. They could have played it later on the Sunday, less uh, after the heat of the day and given them a few hours more to, to warm up for it, but he does need to just calm down a bit at times. Um, other questions? We apologise if we skipped any of these, but as I say, Twitter's being very cavalier with its reorganisation of my mentions column. Um, we've got final one from Liam Kelly, 
who says, has there been an update on the away fan ban situation? Will they be allowed back for the start of the Donnell final? I think that they're not, because it would be... Since uh, the season goes from June to June, or from July to July, you have to go the full season without away fans. If not, it would be a big difference in the derbies and in the other matches. Mm. So if they come back, I think they will be on, uh, I think, June 2014. But do you think the FA are going to consider that? What they told me is that uh, the other the, the people that uh, maybe do uh, things in racing have told me that. I see. But from that to be the truth, I will bet on it. The one nice thing about the away fan band situation, as Liam puts it, is that when you go to a match, you can get out of the stadium and go home. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's Although fantastic. on Sunday we did spend two hours waiting for a bus. I'm sure we did. Magnificent fan. Why didn't you contact me? I have a question. Go Who's going to win the NSL? San Lorenzo. Yeah. Because, because yeah. The, the Venice versus San Lorenzo and Lanus versus uh, Newells versus Lanus, sorry, are both going to end in draws because everybody is such a massive bottler in this league <laughs> this season that no one's going to get the win that they need. I, and therefore, by default, San Lorenzo are going to You think you, I, I can't see Newells not losing? They're just on such a run, they're just going to lose. It's going to depend on, um, as I say, I think some of it's going to depend on how, how up for it Lanus are after the mm-hmm. Sydney Americana final, whether they win or lose, um, which of course we shall know. Yes. By the time, well actually we might know who's won the title by the time we record next week, because I don't think we're going to be recording next week, I think we're going to have the next time pot in two weeks' time to review the Sydney Americana and to review the finale of the Torneo Inicial. Um, anything else? Anybody have anything to add? Uh, I agree with, with Sam. I think now, now that San Lorenzo doesn't have to win, <laughs> it has the best chances to win. I mean, San Lorenzo is the only team that doesn't have to win in the final round. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with a draw, the, the, the worst case scenario is a final game in neutral ground against La- a very tired Lanús because they will be playing the Sudamericana finals, the game at Rosario, and three days later the final the game. Or against the news that is not playing and the, well at all. The draw gives them, uh, makes them sure that they will be the first. Yeah, team. that's what I mean. They, yes. San Lorenzo is the only team of the four that doesn't need to win. It's not even matter. Has, has been waiting for an opportunity like this for a long time. They won't have Sarate. They already lost at home against Olimpia. I would be worried about Prato, not all Sarate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, if they are a good team, they can win that, that game. But I mean, uh, they, they are forced to win. They were not in, a, in this situation many times. This is, for example, they, they were forced to win against Ponte Preta and they lost. It was a similar situation that which what happened with uh, Huracan and Vélez in 2009. Vélez were forced. Yeah, but Huracan, come on. <laughs> I, I, I should watch out uh, not only Prato but also Cáceres. I think that they yeah. will be playing again, uh, uh, replacing Saratin. Yeah, but they have also. Things to worry about, players to worry about. That's so it's that's uh, I think that Vélez will be forced to attack, and it's a better scenario for San Lorenzo than what happened last weekend against San Estudiantes. It was just wasting time since the first minute of the game. Rob, you look like you have something to say. And Mariano has just answered my question with that last little bit. Super. Um, <laughs> I'm going to play Mystic Sam's theme music now and come back and tell you 
what to put your pocket money on this coming weekend, not the weekend to follow, because I've already told you just that I'm two draws for that one, and also because I've not yet written the previews. Here we go then, only eight matches this weekend, it's going to be a relaxing one. We've got two games on Friday, those are going to finish in a draw between Belgrano and All Boys. That one's really tight to call, so bet on goals rather than the result, if I'm here. And Racing are going to beat Godoy Cruz on Saturday. Is it three matches on Saturday or two? I think it's three on Saturday, isn't it? Um, Rafaela, actually I don't know what days these are going to be on, so ignore that. Those first two are definitely on Friday. Uh, Rafaela versus Arsenal de Sarandí. No, I think it's two on Saturday, three on Sunday and one on Monday. That sounds right. We have Olimpo yeah. on Monday. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rafaela versus Arsenal de Sarandí is going to be a Rafaela win. Arsenal really quite visibly on their holidays already, judging by the Belgrano result last week. Uh, Argentinos Juniors against Rosario Central I think is also going to be a home win. Mariano tried to talk me into putting that one as a draw, but Central's away record is just pathetic. But they're not going to be as unlucky as they were last week, and I think sooner or later they will be lucky. Uh, Boca Juniors versus Gimnasia La Plata. Boca win. Pretty good team, but not really feeling very confident Maybe, about any of those. Estudiantes de La Plata versus Tigres, and Estudiantes win. Estudiantes, Tigres uh, away record is unbelievable. It's they have one goal well. scored and it was an own goal. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've, mentioned, unbelievable. we've mentioned many times this during this torneo inicial that uh, most of the results have been home wins to, to a you know an almost disproportionate degree, particularly in comparison with the torneo final. But even so, team are the only team not even scoring a goal, a single win in away it's matches. Um, and not scoring a goal, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, one one goal and they didn't score it themselves. Uh, Quilmes versus River Plate is going to be a draw. And Olimpo de Bahia Blanca versus Colón de Santa Fe. As always, with matches involving Colón, I'm not even going to read out the prediction. <laughs> Particularly given that. You know, bookies are almost not offering odds for them. those matches. For <laughs> Colón matches. Yeah. They are putting them on game day very late. Partly because that's when they know that Colón are actually going to turn up, I think, <laughs> as well. Because uh, the last one that they did it for in advance was, was the, um, the Rafaela match yeah. when, when Colón actually didn't turn up. So, that's it. Anybody disagree with any of those? Apart from Mariano, who's mumbling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for uh, listening to another episode of Hand of Pod. We apologise if there was some background um, noise. Um, we're very close to a bus stop, basically. It wasn't this busy when we recorded at Andres' house before. Um, and I'm going to try and do my best to cut it down, but it's not always easy. Um, as I mentioned already, we'll probably be having episode 129 in two weeks' time after Lanus have hopefully won the Sudamericana. Um, I'm going to say hopefully because I quite like Lanus, even though I can't stand Barros of Gilotto. Um, and after somebody has managed to not completely fuck up the run-in to the Doneo Inicial title. Um, whoever is the least bad will be getting praised in the manner that they deserve on the next episode of Pod for being Argentina's new champions, or possibly Argentina's continuing champions if you all somehow managed to do it. For now, it's thank you very much indeed to Rob. Thank you. Thank you to Ilan. Thank you. 
Thank you to Andres. Well, I apologize for the bad season. <laughs> thank you for coming. And uh, thank you to Mariano. Thank you for having me. And thank you uh, from me to all of you wonderful listeners and wonderful fellow podcasters. Enjoy the next two and of podless weeks, ladies and gents. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.